we learned in Shmuel that Shmuel had warned the Jewish people about uh, all the things which could happen as a result of having a king and all the rights, so to speak, that the king could have and uh, the laws that he could impose on Klai Yisrael. He could take their children as his servants, he could make them pay for his armies and uh, he could appropriate their lands and therefore he warns them, you know, taking on a king is taking on a, on a, a potentially a situation where you're going to be subservient to the king. And you would think that the effect of that speech would be that Kaiser would rethink this king. You know, giving somebody unchecked powers uh, maybe it wouldn't be in their best interest. But we see in Pasuk Yatesa where we're holding, and we see that the Kaiser aren't faced by Shmuel's threats on the country. By Yamana, the people refused to Shmuel because they refused to listen to Shmuel. By they said, No, we want the king. There'll be a king over us. So the first one we have to medaik in the Pasuk. It seems to be repetitive. It's not to say they refuse to listen to Shmuel. In other words, the Pasuk is repeating itself. They refuse to listen to Shmuel, which means the advice he gave them with the warning that he warned them. What's going to be with the king they didn't accept. And then they said no because he wants a king. It's saying the same thing, which means they didn't listen to what Shmuel said. And they insisted they wanted a king. So what's the Pasuk trying to add? So there are a number of different uh, points which the, the people responded to. The first one is that the Shmuel warned them that the king that they're going to choose is going to have this power to, so to speak, uh, impose his will on Israel and take the things as he wants. And on that, the Jewish people's answer was that, we, we, that there's a difference, as we know, in National Kodesh, between a Moshal and a Melech. The Vulnagan points out in many places, uh, both of them denote rulership or power, but a Moshal is somebody who rules by force, a dictator, whereas a Melech is somebody who is also an absolute ruler, but with the will of the people. In other words, they want him, so that he's forced his, he's forced his uh, will, his authority over them. As the Vilnagan famously explains in the Pasuk, Ki Hashem amlucho Moshal bagoyim. And then as he says, Hashem is in control. But for us, if you want Hashem to be in control, so Ki Hashem amlucho, then we call Hashem a Melech. For the goyim who don't want Hashem to be in control, but he is in there, nevertheless, so he's a Moshal bagoyim. He's a ruler over the goyim. Um, in other words, they, they, they were forced to accept him as a ruler, even if they don't want him. And therefore, the Malbim explains the similarity over here. And he says, when they said, Ki Melech Yoreinu, and that is Shmuel, you're describing the wrong kind of king. You're describing a king who's imposing his will on the people and is resorting to force or to authority to get what he wants. And that's not the king we want. So then we like. That's not what we want. We want the Melech. Which means we want a king that, that, we, that is going to be somebody that the people want to be their king and somebody that we keep the people accept. We're not looking for a king who's going to be a dictator, who's going to, so to speak, rule uh, against the will of the people. Okay, so that would be the first explanation of what their, what their disagreement with Shmuel was. And therefore, what, what Shmuel had told them, what Shmuel had told them that, uh, what Shmuel had told them that this is what the, the, the rights of the king are, they said that's not the king we want, and therefore we, don't, uh, we aren't worried that the king that we're going to have is going to be somebody who's going to act in such a way. Well, in other words, why did they come to Shmuel to appoint a king? Oh, that's the first point. Now the next point is, what we're going to see, and that is that even the Kodesh wanted a king, they understood that they weren't going to be the ones to choose the king. They understood that this is a request to a Navi, 
And therefore, the Navi, the Navi should be the one to choose the king. Uh, so, that's also explained in the Pasuk. And that is that if a king is chosen by an agent of Hashem, so then he isn't somebody who's brought himself to power and then is going to exert his power over people. It's, uh, it's uh, something which, which Hashem will choose, which is a candidate, which is a good candidate. And therefore, what says by Yamanam, Shmuel, then they did not agree with him, which was the first point we said. The first point we said was that they didn't, that they, what the threat the Shmuel gave them of the evil a king could do to them, they didn't agree. They said, we want a king, we don't want somebody who's going to force us to listen to him or force his authority over us. And then the first point by Yamanam, Shmuel, that the people uh, didn't want to listen to Shmuel. So what's that referring to? And that is the, the, the first one which Shmuel told them. We saw Shmuel told them two things. In the beginning, in Pasuk he told them. He told them, call Divrei Hashem, which, which was Hashem said that this wasn't a rejection of you, Shmuel, and the ones of the king, it's a rejection of him. And then after Shmuel tells them all the rights the king has. So when it came to all the rights that the king has, the people said, no, we're going to choose a king who, we, 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 a king who we want. The king is not going to I, you know, make, make use of his authority against us. And on the first point, which the Shmuel told us, Hashem doesn't want this. And the king is a rejection of Hashem. And that the people, and that the people didn't listen to Shmuel. In other words, at this stage, they didn't agree that it was against Hashem that they were choosing Even as Shmuel told them, Hashem said that this is a rejection of him, uh, more than more than it's a rejection of me, uh, and that the people didn't accept that. And where I see this later on in the Nach, is later on when Shmuel gives them most of a choosing the king, and he says, you know, you did the wrong thing for choosing the king, and very good days. So the day Clash will answer, and they say, Vayamu Quran wa Shmuel, Hispail ba Hispalel ba'ada vadeh al Hashem al Ikafa. Dawn and Abi after Hashem. Because we added to all our various to ask for a king. You know, only there later on the Kali Israel accept that they were doing the wrong thing or they had done the wrong thing by asking for a king. But over here, they didn't think they were doing the wrong thing. They didn't think they were doing the wrong thing. And again, why not? So we saw from yesterday that it was asking for a king in and of itself, they didn't see as a bad thing. What Hashem didn't like about it is the fact that. They came to ask, and they didn't wait for Hashem to appoint leader for them. What Shmuel didn't like about it is it was Kino usurping the position he was still holding. But the Jewish people, for their point of view, held that uh, we wanted that we wanted a king, and uh, the king Hashem chooses. So we don't, we don't, they didn't think they were doing something wrong by asking for it. And therefore, the, the first part of the most that Shmuel gave them, and that is that uh, it's not what Hashem wants. It's like it's a rebellion that Hashem didn't accept. And then when he tried to warn them and threaten them, it's you know the king has rights, which are to your detriment. They didn't accept that either. They said, no, we want a king who we, a king who will do what we want and uh, won't resort to force to take things away from us. The Vice is, as we went to see, that is that Kaisal were well meaning, but they made a big mistake. And I was talking about this with yesterday, and that is even if the candidate was chosen as a king, originally is a good candidate and means the best of the people, mm-hmm. but as we know, power corrupts. And therefore, once that king is a king and he's trying to protect his throne, so he is going to resort to whatever his rights are in order to uh, in order to maintain his power. And like we know, maybe Hashem chooses originally the king is going to be, but people have bechira, including kings. And therefore, there's no guarantee that somebody who began as a as a, the best candidate for royalty 
and as a king who is a tzaddik is going to end up that way. And therefore, it's very, on one hand, Gladysville said, no, we're going to choose a king who's a good king, a king we want. A king who we see as a tzaddik and is somebody who's going to treat us well, or has the, the benefits of the people at heart, but there's no guarantee that once a person has been given the keys and he's in the power position, then what's going to, what's going to keep him in check? You're going to add to that. His children are going to take over. Well, for sure, the future generations have the same problem. They know nothing about what's going to happen. Right, 100%. And therefore, it, it was considered, let's say, it's not the clever thing of Klaishol to do, uh, to to accept the king, and, and like we're going to see in the future, Klaishol suffered a lot from bad kings. And it was a kind of self-inflicted suffering because it was their choice to want a king. Now, Klaishol repeated what they said before, but the reason they repeated it is in a way that what they were heard which was uh, disappointed about, so they reworded what they said in a way which to explain that the meant wasn't to offend Shmuel. And the same Pasukha, it will also be like all the other nations who have kings, and the king will judge us, he'll go out to battle in front of us, and he'll be in charge of fighting our wars. And what changed here from beforehand is they asked the first time, they asked for a king, they want the king to judge in all the time. And now they're saying two different things. They want the king to judge them, and they want also to be like all the good. But then they want to be like a king to judge like all the good. Because like we saw previously, the ability of a king to judge, which was different to the, the judgment of the Sanhedrin, judgment of the of the Torah, then, then that, that would be Kukhara Goyim, so now they're changing that. That uh, they said we want to be like all the we want to be like all the good who have a king, but and then the second point, the Shoftenim Malkin, the Malkin points out that they meant the Shoftenim Malkin of Pidintera. We didn't mean to say we want the king to judge us like all the going against the Torah, but we want the authority of the king who's going to to be in charge of the country, and therefore when it comes to being the one to represent the country, if it comes fighting battles, the is going to fight our wars. That that's the position more they want the king to fulfil. And originally, when they said the Shaftainu Kikola Goim, they meant Shalik Halacha? To explain then, that's a little bit of an obvious thing, because now it wasn't like they were saying that Shmuel's way of judging them wasn't right, and they want to be judged differently. Now they're saying that no, what we want the king for is more like the organization of the country and going to fight battles for us, which wasn't really the shepherd's job. It wasn't really the shepherd's job, and therefore, it wasn't like we're looking to replace Shmuel as, as the, as the Dayan. They were looking to, for someone to be in charge of, uh, of running the country, so to speak. And it was uh, maybe a, a position which wasn't necessary when Shmuel was there, because like we saw, when the enemies came to fight Hashem, chased them away, and after Hashem kept the enemies at bay. And like we saw that last time, therefore, the Israel deserved that kind of miraculous intervention. They didn't need a king. They didn't need a person to fight the battles for them. Or to to protect them because Hashem was doing that. But if people, if Israel now asking for a king to do the job, so then Kanira, then they weren't holding by that level of protection. They were they were happy to run the fact that Hashem is protecting them. They don't need any human agents to be involved in protecting them, and therefore they wanted a king to do that. But then this wasn't a, a direct Shemitah rule anymore. The Malbim explains if they're asking for someone to do the Shoftenu, then that's good. Shmuel is the Shemitah. They ask for somebody to take Shmuel's job. But if it's now the Nakoda is more like if the, the king's job is to protect us or to fight battles for us, so then in a way it's replacing what Hashem was doing for them before that. Like we saw previously, Hashem is going to do it for them because if they went on the level 
to appreciate the fact that Hashem is fighting for them. So then, they're going to need a person to do it for them. And this is the Yisrael in the Gemara's as well. The Gemara says that if you're if you collecting money to protect the city, paying for guards or paying for soldiers, whatever it is to protect the city, so the Gemara says, the Gemara says, the Gemara says, they don't need to contribute to the protect to the security fund. Why? Because uh, they don't need the protection. And the country, the Torah protects them. Now, that's not just an exemption from tax. That means the Talmud Chacham is meant to believe that. And he says, if it's up to me, I won't pay for security guards. I don't, I'm not going to pay for protection because I know that the Torah protects us. And if that's the case, so then uh, why waste money on physical protection when I have the Torah protecting me? Now, if a person can live with that reality, which means I know that the Torah is protecting me, okay, so then it's like the truth. But just like when Kaisal could have lived with the level of Shmuel, and that is we don't need a soldiers, we don't need an army, but Hashem is protecting Kaisal, so nothing's going to happen to us. Okay, so then when Kaisal on that level to live like that, Hashem does protect them. But when Kaisal aren't on the level, and people start to think, no, we need we need a physical protection, then they talk to do. When, when they don't have to be talking on a higher level anymore, then it's not going to work for them. That's what the Chazanish told Ben-Gurion, right? Right. And that's why the famously they always used to ask the Saifu, whatever it was, the Chaim, and that is that uh, he always said that uh, the Nebrachs will be safe from any kind of uh, attack because there's all the terrorists protecting the Nebrachs. And uh, they pointed out that it's interesting as long as the Chaim thinks because they have nothing happened in the Nebrachs. And after that, within two weeks, there was terrorist attacks in the Nebrachs. In other words, like the Gemara says, the Nechah will protect the city. So, if a person has their money in that, and therefore they say that we have this system, we don't need people to protect us. We don't need people to protect us, then we take it on. Hashem will do the job. But when people don't have that level of money, and therefore they feel that without the physical protection, we're vulnerable, we're just waiting for, we're exposed to attack, and they don't, they're no longer around in the Bitach, and Hashem is protecting them, then they need someone to protect them. And the is not going to, then Hashem is not going to help them. Without that bitachon, and uh, we made it. That's why he said, if they're going to feel that we need the king to fight battles for us and to raise an army, then it's not going to work without it anymore. And therefore, when Kaisal, it's not a, not necessarily a good point for them on their behalf. When they get to that stage, you're going to have to make them a king because at this stage they need it. Fine, those stages are needed. They're asking for a king. Fine, but what about Pilakish Bagiva? They didn't have a king there either, and there the the the, the destruction was from within. That would have been the right reason to ask for a king. The right reason to ask for a king would have been to to be in charge of Kaisal internally, which wasn't what Kaisal asked for. Uh-huh. They asked for a, a king to fight externally. Uh-huh. So like we said the Torah may, gives provision for a king, and according to some opinions, the Torah even is Nachayev, that Kaisal meant to ask for a king. But then that's the job the king is meant to do, and we understand the difference. And there is something which is really Hashem's job, we don't have to try and replace him for. Whereas something which is our job, so we need to find people to do it. And therefore, to protect us from enemies is really Hashem's job. So we don't need, we, we, if we rely on Him to do that, then He will. We don't need to t- try and replace His job for Him. But uh, setting up a system in Klai Yisrael to ensure that Klai Yisrael did the right thing is our job. That's more like Shoftim. That's more like, like the Bible says, Shoftim is Shoftim Titanachal. You have to make a justice system that's going to hold everybody in check. And then we have our job. Well, that would be something which, that, that would be a reason for us to make it. Okay, so now, now the Lord explains that Yishma Shmuel is called Ibrahim, 
Now that he's heard what the people said, so it's not Kilu that they, they're coming to replace Shmuel, only that, that it wasn't their agenda. He repeats to Hashem what Hashem said. Why is he need to obviously Hashem knew what Hashem said too? But this was the answer to the people. And that is now you've told me this is the kind of king you want. Okay, so as a Nabi, I will relate to Akadish Baruch what, what kind of king you're looking for. And the understanding was that, like we said, even though the people were the ones who instigated uh, the desire for a king, they came with a request. But they were willing to let Akadish Baruch choose the king for them. They just wanted, they didn't try and plan somebody on their own. They came to Shmuel, that he should be the one to daven Tashin to find him a king. And when Shmuel did that, then they achieved the objective. And therefore, Hashem says to Shmuel, listen to them and, and appoint a king for them. But, and obviously, Shmuel told it to the people. So then they said, okay, Hashem, was going to, Hashem said he's going to, he told Shmuel the instruction to make them a king. And then Shmuel says to everyone to go home. In other words, okay, you've, you've made the request, Hashem accepted the request, there'll be a king, and go home, Hashem will find the king for you. And the significance of that is, and that is, it wasn't like we found in the Torah, because they wanted something, they came like a wild mob, and the Moshe couldn't deal with them until he gave them what they wanted. Over here, it was like Ziknei Om came, like what a request. And Shmuel said, okay, we'll get taken care of. And then asked Hashem, he shall deal with it. And Yemen disperses. It wasn't like they were coming to make a stand. They, they, they were asked, they were answered, and they left. Which means, even though maybe it wasn't completely a good thing that they did, but it was, it was uh, done in the right way. It wasn't particularly cool. It wasn't a rebuke of everybody uh, you know, pushing and fighting and screaming to get to what they wanted. They didn't blockade the port right. or the airport even. Right. It was a peaceful, a peaceful request. Okay. So now we finish the story of Uktarshal Azuf for a king, and now we're going to shift the spotlight on the future king, the king Shab. And that's a very test start. Right. He is Ibinyamin Ishmaikish. There's a man from Ibinyamin his name was Kish. Ben Baviel, Ben Tzra, Ben Bukharas, Ben Afiyach, Ben Ishimini, Gibrachal. Gibrachal was uh, normally refers to a soldier, a person strong in battle. <coughs> now, there's a, lot, there's a lot of discussion in the Midrashim about the background of, of Shaul's father Kish. It does say that he was one of the 600 survivors of the Agish In which case, he was a Gebar because he had fought the battle. And even though Benjamin after the battle, he was one of the few who survived the battle. And if that's the case, so then he has a, then Shaul was the son of after Pilagash Begiva. Now it's a significant task because, like we said, even though we don't know when Pilagash Begiva happens, but if it happened at the end of the period before Shmuel started, in other words, at the end of Sefer Shoftim, it's not such a long time before now. It's not such a long time before now. We have 40 years of Eidi being the Shafet, and so for 9 years of Shmuel being the Shafet. So if Kish was one of the, the soldiers who survived the battle, his son Shaul would be at the, like the middle of his life. Now, in an age where he would be appropriate to be chosen as a king. And his son, his name is Shaul. Bachur Bachur, now. Bachar um, literally means um, uh, someone who's younger. Uh, we always talk about the Bachar in Israel. But over here, the Mufash knows something like that. They say Bachar from Nashim Nivchar, chosen. So it was someone special. Like this. It was 
betayv, and he was good. There's no one better better than him. And in which way are we talking? Was, was he so good that nobody in Eretz Yisrael is better than him? We'll see the number of different explanations in the fashion of what Tayyip means in context. What way was he so good? But the Sheikh of Amman is Gabbam Mikaram. That's for sure something physical. You know, he was taller than everybody else. He was head and shoulders. The Sheikh of Amman, shoulder back, was taller than everyone else. So he had a natural like size, which is which taller than the rest of the Jewish people. Is that a is that a matter for a king that has to be taller than the rest of the nation? It's not a requirement, but definitely gives a person a certain stature that uh, looks after him. Didn't we explain by pledge forgiver that Shaul was one oh, of the? Oh, very good. There was a question on this because there's also a midrash and apostle later on in Shmuel when it says that Shaul calls Yonas and Ben Navas Samaritus, and it's referring to according to the midrash there. The incident that when the survivors of Binyamin didn't have wives, and in the end, uh, the Chacham of the time decided that what they should do is they should go to see where the girls of Shida were dancing, and each one should grab one of them as a wife, because that wouldn't technically be a, it's a, against the Shvur, which Kaddish we won't give our daughters to Binyamin. We can see they didn't give their daughters to Binyamin, Binyamin came and took them on their own. And that is the message which says, Shaul, who was one of those survivors, was too shy to take one of the girls, so to speak, on his own, and eventually she ran off to him. And therefore, that's a certain chazal about, so that's the case it would seem, that Shal himself was one of the survivors, or one of the, those people who took a wife like that. And so it doesn't make sense that both Kish and Shal um, could have done the same thing, because he, he wouldn't have been born at the time, had it been his father who was the one who was allowed at the time. And his mother was the one who was chosen. And if you're going to say the other midrash, then it must have been the, the other. That Shal was uh, much older already, and therefore when the story happened, it was he took a, he he was the one who who took one of the or who was taken by one of the girls of Shiraz as a to get married. So we can either say that it's like we do find some something fine. That's the focus in the midrash. Um, the other option is still brought down, but I have no basis for this. And that is, it could be the story of the vineyard, wasn't the one till thing. In other words, we don't know how long that the Zaira against Binyamin lasted. But it could be this was something which repeated itself. And therefore, when there, when there were more boys of Binyamin who couldn't patch the Achim, did the same thing again. Until the stage when they repealed the, that, that Shvur, which could have been that. Now, the basis to say such a thing, even though we don't find the Mukbar inside for how long the, the, the Zaira lasted, is the Gemara in Tainus, the Gemara of Basra, and the Gemara is talking about the reasons we celebrate Tubab. One of the reasons, there are the eight reasons the Gemara brings, the reason we celebrate Tubab is it was the day that they were battled in the, the Xerah against Shevet Binyamin. Until that stage, they had a Xerah against Shevet Binyamin, that no one can give the doors to Binyamin, and on Tubab they were battled the Xerah and had allowed marriages between Binyamin and other Shvatim. So the Mashmur of the Gemara is there was a certain amount of time that the Xerah lasted. It wasn't a once-off thing during the battle and then it was ended. There was there was a Xerah. It was in effect for some time. And at the later stage, they were about to annul the Xerah and therefore they could remarry. So that's what I want to suggest that it could be that even though Shaul's parents, Be'etzim, were found each other this way, maybe when later on, they found the Shaul too. But it's something like that needs more of a riot that, that we find that it was such a long-lasting Xerah. Because on the contrary, if you look at the Sukkim, we find the Klaus regretted the Xerah. 
because they felt now that the 600 survivors of a young will have no one to marry. And therefore, to assume that Kaddish will kept it on for a much longer time doesn't really make sense. But whatever the case may be, the Kaddish says, either way around, where you see that Shal was the son of Kish, he was, we said, Bachur Vatayt. Now, the way. Why can't we just say, Taka, that, that it was him? It, 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 like Apipashta said, it didn't last so long, so it was him, and he was just very old over here, and that's why the Mepharshim are saying, Bachur Vatayt, that. They're explaining that Bakr doesn't mean that he was young, because he wasn't young, he was like a 70, 75 years old right now at this point. And that's what Bakr means, Nefkar B'maisah. Yeah, no, that wasn't the point. But then you can't reconcile the Midrash that Kish was the one who took Shaul's mother as one of the... Oh, that is the Midrash? Right, there's two different Midrash. Oh. So you're right, according to the Midrash that Shaul was the one who was there, and then Kosher is much older than stage. Now, what does Tov mean? So that's interesting. Uncle is translated as a tongue of the Lord of Targum translates Tov as Shakri. And Shakri normally means in looks. As is Tov is in look good looking. Um, the Amma Farshim who understood it like that as well. That is talking about Tov means in the way he looked. And then just like the compliment that he was taller than everybody else was a physical compliment. So the same means we're talking about the fact that he was Tov. Twitter says his Tov is a famer. It's good looking. And more than any, the instrument shall tell you, man, there's no one better looking than Israel. And the question obviously is, why is that a shevach? For a potential candidate for the king, that he has to be good looking. So maybe a shevach for a lady, we're talking about that she was ever wanted her, like sorry, man, or Esther, whatever it would be. But to say that Shaul was, was wow, the most good looking guy in Israel, why would that be a, something that the apostle would be interested in telling you as one of his uh, matters why he deserves to be a king? That's the that's one the one mahalach in fashion. The other mahalach, the two other mahalach in fashion. Um, the one, the, the second mahalach of Taif is the, the, what the Marie Kara says here. And then as Taif means honest. 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 Which means he, would, he, would, he was the most fair in judgment. He wouldn't take bribery, he wouldn't be deceived, he wouldn't be uh, slant, not screwed in anybody's favor. And therefore, and the Taif means, you know, it's not the normal translation of the word Taif. It would be, it would be something of Kilo, he was the most Yasha, the most straight. And therefore, again, that that like would be a good uh, candidate for a king. A person has to make judgments as a king. So, of course, a person who's least influenced by outside things would be the best candidate for the king. That's the second uh, Pshat, which will first bring of what, in which way he was Taif. And the last one, as a Taif. Which means as a tzaddik, and then we, in the English, which means he was the biggest tzaddik. Okay, then again, would be a reason why Hashem would choose him as a king. So whether it was because he was the most honest in judgment, he wouldn't take bribery, or because he was the biggest tzaddik in his actions, we understand reasons why that would be a reason for a king. Like we said, according to the time of Anderson, and the first we explained that king, and then it's referring to that he was the best looking, so it's hard to understand why would that be a minor, which would be a minor for a king. Okay, we're gonna in the Hemshik of the story. We'll see why that fact is important and why that comes back again to be a we can understand in reverse why that was an important asset to tell us about King Shah. Oh, by the Khan Karo, 